Hail, you nostalgic yuppie scums. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm your man, Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation. I most recently listened to their takedown of the film Electra, uh, which is a terrible movie. Have you seen it, Kendra? <laughs> I don't think I've seen it all the way through. You know, I saw it in theaters in college and not again until like yesterday. And uh, it was way, way worse than I remembered. So the Three Nice Thing gang uh, really take that movie apart. Fun. Also... Previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more, and Radio 64, featuring video game, music, remix, radio. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at HereWeGoPod, and please rate, subscribe, share the show wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're discussing the Melrose Place pilot in episode 3.1 of Beverly Hills 90210, Misery Loves Company. Yes, Melrose Place. I know. A Watching Melrose, it is a little different. Uh, we are a little different this week. So as as we've mentioned in past episodes, we're just going to take you through the the plot points that feature Jake and Kelly to wrap up that storyline. We're not doing a full Melrose Place synopsis. There are many Melrose Place podcasts that you can find that out, but we're just going to follow Jake and Kelly. Yes. So let's crack open the West Beverly Blaze. I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. These episodes originally aired July 8th and July 15th of 1992. Not a lot going on in July. On June 16th, Batman Returns came out. I know this is June, but uh, yep. it's the summer. Uh, so and they get, do, they get the specific name drop within the episode. Yes, it does. Because she mentions oh, yeah. Catwoman, right? And they go, Andrea and her uh, yeah. guy go to see Batman Returns. Heading out to see Batman Returns. Yep. This is the one that I hate. This is the one with the this penguin, the one, right? Danny DeVito is the penguin. Yeah, yes. I hate it. Yep. I hate it so much. Okay. It's disgusting. Right. I can't watch it. Do you like it? I have a certain appreciation for it. I, too, am disgusted by Danny DeVito as the penguin. <laughs> it's very unpleasant in that regard, but there's a lot of things I like about it. Gotcha. I, On- listen, Ke- Keaton and Pfeiffer together, I think, are great. Every scene that has the two of them, I would watch that movie all day long if it was just the two of them hanging out. I'll give you that. I've never right. been a big Pfeiffer fan though oh, i can't think i definitely of, have can't think of something i can't think of a movie she's in that i love actually huh. okay oh right. maybe uh is she in um stardust yes she is yeah. i like i like stardust a lot what about hairspray don't you like hairspray oh i do like hairspray yeah i forgot she's in go. that yeah grease 2 Oh, well, I can't can't say I like oh, okay. Chris, too. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay. July 1st, A League of Their Own premiered. Oh, hey, there's no crying in baseball. I have never seen this movie. I only saw it very recently. I saw it maybe like a year or two ago. It's a lot of fun. It's a good movie. Yeah, I hear it's good. Uh, another movie I haven't seen, July 5th, Patriot Games came out. Is this Harrison oh, Ford? It is Harrison Ford. Okay. And I, I'm in the minority who prefers Alec Baldwin as as Jack Ryan. I just think he's I think he's better at it. Well, I can't say either way because okay. I don't think I've All seen right. any of those movies, actually. Okay. Uh, July 8th, uh, obviously, Melrose Place premiered. Oh, we sure. Said, we said okay. that earlier. Yep. It came, Makes sense. It Makes sense. Uh, also on July 8th, Kathleen Robertson, who plays Claire Arnold, turns 19. Uh, oh, and that's interesting. also on July 8th, Kim Basinger got the 1,959th star on the Walk of Fame. 
You're a big Kim Basinger fan, right? Not particularly, no, I sorry. I had no idea she had a star on the Walk of Fame. I didn't either, but, you know, I mean, LA Confidential and, and uh, Batman, you know. Yeah, she was in Batman. So. Big, yeah. 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 That surprised me about Kathleen Robinson, who plays Claire, because her shtick when she comes on the show is that she's much younger. And I always thought she was younger, but I guess apparently she's not. So, interesting. No, younger, I was, younger as in what? Because 19 seems well, young. Yes, when when she comes on, she's supposed to be still in high school while the rest of the gang is in college. Oh, okay, but gotcha. she's more right on the level with them, so that's all. I was gotcha. just surprised. And lastly, uh, July fifteenth, Tristan Mac Wilds, who plays Dixon Wilson in the CW years, turns thirteen. Oh, milestone birthday for uh, Tristan Wilds. That's great. Yeah, entering the teens. Yeah. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. All right. Well, Melrose Place, as we've discussed, was the first expansion of the 90210 franchise. It ran for a total of 220 episodes on Fox from 1992 to 1999, with an additional 18 episodes airing on the CW in 2009, continuing the story. The show, unlike 90210, which is a pretty solid primary cast, this show had a revolving door of casting characters with with changes Every season, mid-season, lots of different people coming through this, uh, falling into this pool in Melrose Place. Um, Thomas Calabro as Dr. Michael Mancini is the only character to appear in all seasons of the original show, as well as appear on the CW reboot of the series. Wow. Impressive. And this is, uh, I mean, we're not we're not going to get into Melrose Place too well, but, but Michael Mancini on that show... I mean, you've you've seen the pilot now. He's such a like sweet, nice, like, hey, I am. Um, I manage the building. Hey, Jane. You know, he just becomes so rapidly just a devious, horrible monster that you just love to hate for the entirety of this run. I didn't think he was very nice. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> save it. Save it, Kendra. Save it. I thought he was kind of cool. <laughs> but anyway, okay. Well, yes, he's a little cold, but you don't expect the like crazy craziness that comes okay. from this character. Listen, 90210 remains a pretty stable thing where people are just like living their lives and they're having relationships and all that. And the first season of Melrose Place really it it feels like it could be just like 90210 a couple blocks away. But as the show progresses, I mean, we have characters coming back from the dead. We have murders. We have buildings exploding we have legit ghosts appearing <laughs> it it goes off the rails in the best of ways and you can see why we are going to watch it eventually do. right i think we have to okay but you can see why they don't do a ton of crossovers as it goes on because they just become completely different shows <laughs> all right well should we see who's living in a little place off melrose so where are you living these days man a little place off melrose so the synopsis is we follow Dylan's friend, Jake Hansen, to 4616 Melrose Place, an apartment complex in a neighborhood decidedly less glamorous than what we are used to in Beverly Hills. We meet Jake's friends and neighbors, including Sandy Harling, an actress he has some history with. Sandy disapproves of Jake's relationship with a teenaged Kelly Taylor, a sentiment that is shared by Kelly's friends Donna, David, and Steve. All right. So uh, joining us for this episode, we have the director, Howard Douche. Uh, written, it's written by the 90210 creator, Darren Starr. 
who also wrote the previous episode of 90210 that we just covered. This episode is included in Dean James' novelization Tough Love, which chronicles the first three episodes of Melrose Place. So it sort of serves as a de facto 90210 novelization as well because of the way the characters go through. And Kendra, I know what you're thinking. And yes, I did, in fact, read the novelization Tough Love uh, for <laughs> the Melrose surprised. Place episodes. 90210 regulars Jenny Garth, Tori Spelling, Ian Ziering, and Brian Austin Green reprise their roles as Kelly, Donna, Steve, and David. Uh and within the main cast, I'm just going to focus on the ones that we're going to bump up against in, in our synopsis here. But we have a- Amy Locaine as Sandy Harling. And I have to kind of wonder where that name came from, because she's presented in this as a very, like, sort of melodramatic Southern Belle kind of character. And Harling is the name of Robert Harling, who wrote Steel Magnolias. And I kind of mm. wondered if they were trying to draw some some parallels there. So I don't know, but that just stood out to me as we were doing it. That's funny. Anyway, Sandy Harling is a character that's pretty pivotal during these crossover episodes, but her Melrose Place time is pretty short-lived. She's only here for 13 episodes, uh, and then we never really see her here from Sandy again, so enjoy her while she lasts, I guess. Uh, I didn't really like her anyway, so. No, she's, in honestly, in my recollection, she gets progressively worse, but <laughs> anyway. Other roles include the series Spencer and movies like Cry Baby with Johnny Depp, Secretary, and School Ties. We also have Courtney Thorne-Smith as Allison Parker, one of the primary characters here on Melrose Place. Uh, she's an incredibly successful television actor. She just continued to work and work and work, uh, including a, a regular role in Ally McBeal, the sitcom According to Jim, and then the sitcom Two and a Half Men, as well as many, many other credits. A very busy working actor uh, is Courtney Thorne-Smith. Finally, we have Josie Bissett as Jane Andrews Mancini. Uh, she appeared in shows like Quantum Leap, Law & Order SVU, Secret Life of the American Teenager, and the Hallmark movie series Wedding March. Uh, both Eric and I, because Eric caught the last uh, like half of the episode of this episode with me, and okay. we both were like, who is Courtney Thorne-Smith? We've seen her in something, we've heard her voice, but we couldn't figure it out. Nothing. You, oh, you never did? Thank no, you. nothing nothing oh. particular. So I guess we've just seen her in things before. Eric yeah. specifically thought her voice was familiar. Huh. Um, but yeah, we couldn't figure it out. Okay. Um, but you didn't mention that the the one guy, I don't remember his name, is in Desperate Housewives. Oh, yes, yes. Um, what is it? Uh, what is his name? Doug, Doug Savant. Doug Savant, who plays Matt Fielding in this. Uh, one of the first openly gay characters on a, on a regular in, in a TV series like this. Yes, he is on he's on Desperate Housewives with Marsha Cross, who will soon play. Kimberly. I know. I saw I was looking at yeah. the cast. I was like, oh, two Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Uh, Doug Savant is also married to Laura Layton, who plays Sidney Andrews, uh, Jane's younger sister who we'll see later on in Melrose Place as well. So yeah, a lot of little connections in there. And also, Brian Austin Green uh, did a long guest stint on Desperate Housewives where he was dating Marsha Cross. Who did? Brian Austin Green. Did he? He did, yeah. I should should rewatch that show. I love that show. I thought that was funny because both Brian Austin Green and Marsha Cross were on Melrose Place, as was Doug Savant. So a lot of Melrose Place uh, going on over on the Desperate Housewives set. But yes, so absolutely right. Funny. I'm going to have to rewatch that because I don't remember yeah. that. But I didn't really know yeah. who he was when I was watching Desperate Housewives. So Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's, Melrose Place has a pretty cool cast. And, and there's a lot of the people that you'd probably be most familiar with are not here yet. And like I said, we're only really focusing on the ones who are going to intersect with the Jake and Kelly storyline here. But uh Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. You're taking us okay. through, right? I will. I will. Yes. So 
we here we are on Melrose Place. We we start with somebody seem liking they're sort of surreptitiously getting out of Melrose Place uh, with their with their stuff in hand, getting out. Next, we have Jake woken up with a knock on his door. His neighbor Allison is looking for her roommate who has vanished, and Allison just assumes, well, if if you can't find a lady, she's probably in Jake's apartment. <laughs> so that right away gives you a little hint of the kind of character that we're dealing with here with Jake. So uh, Jake's woken up, hasn't seen Allison's roommate. Uh, next, we jump over to Kelly, Donna, and David showing up at a restaurant uh, that is clearly not in Beverly Hills. They do a good job of showing, like, th- this is not Rodeo Drive or anything like that. The novelization tells us that it's a Johnny Rockets that they're going it's to. It's shaped like a burger, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it probably is a Johnny Rockets. But um, supposedly, Kelly was taking uh, them there to, to have lunch. But then Kelly's like, oh, you know what? We're actually really close to where Jake lives. So why don't you guys just go and get lunch here? And I'm, I'm going to go check on Jake. Uh, and they're not about this. They're not about it at all. Yeah, Donna is uh, very concerned. She is. She's like, Dylan warned you about him. You don't need to be spending time with Jake. Don't do this. Um, to which Kelly I mean, rightfully so, says, look, there was there was a lot of connection between me and Jake at my mom's wedding. He showed up um, and that was really, you know, a, a pretty big sign to her that there was some some potential there to go forward. And in Kelly's defense, I also got that impression from the uh, the wedding episode. Yes, Did for you? sure. It seems very clear that Jake is saying, you know what, we're going to have this relationship. So the fact that Kelly is feeling a little confused about that totally checks out to me. I agree. Uh, Donna and David reluctantly agree, and Kelly goes to Melrose Place. I I liked the uh, the the music in this show is definitely different than yes. it gives the whole thing a different feel than than nine hundred two one zero. And much like when Jake showed up in the Peach Pit, it is very weird to see Kelly walk into the Melrose Place courtyard. It be, is yeah, be by the like iconic Melrose Place pool, but there she is. Kelly is at Melrose Place, where she runs into Sandy Harling. Uh, Sandy's Sandy's a blonde actress, we go to learn, who also moonlights as a waitress. She's lounging by the pool. She she clocks Kelly pretty quickly, realizing that she's going to Jake's apartment. And Sandy wastes no time in making Kelly feel like a dumb child. Yeah, she does. I mean, she's <laughs> like, oh, little baby high school student, boopity-boop, you know. <laughs> so she, she makes Kelly feel like an idiot. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they. I feel like they do a good job of making it seem like Kelly is, like, in, in 90210, it seemed like, oh, this could work. But then, like, in this show, it's like, oh, no, she's, like, yeah. definitely in high school. And, yes. oh, I I wanted to say, and we're going to hit this in the next episode, um, but I was wrong. They are going to be seniors next year. Yeah, and yeah, I, I know. But I, I have such a memory. I'm going to have – like almost want to go back and watch the first episode again because yeah. I, it's stuck in my brain that they were juniors when they got yeah. there. So yeah. I don't know, but they are, they're ending their junior year and they're going to be seniors next year. So yeah. I don't yeah. know how I got confused with that. But. Well, I think, I think, I mean, Brandon has his driver's license and everything too. The timeline is murky, yeah. I think, on how old <laughs> they were and when time passes and everything. But yes. Yeah, so so Kelly is very much in high school, as you're pointing out yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, it makes it it makes it worse that she's a junior right now throughout, and, throughout you know, all that. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the thing is, I remember watching these episodes and thinking that I did not like how they handled Kelly on these episodes. I thought that they made her seem sort of pathetic. But rewatching it again, it makes total sense to me because we're switching from a teen-focused 
outlook to like an adult focused outlet. So when you put Kelly in there, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't fit. And I actually think she is acting in character here. It's yes, just I not, agree. A, not a flattering part of her character and that's fine. Right. Yes. Uh, so let's jump over to Shooters. Shooters is the, eh, you know, bar, restaurant, pool hall. It's the peach pit of Melrose Place. Let's, <laughs> yes. let's put it that way. <laughs> the this hardcore sort of, peach yeah, pit. This, yes, it is. <laughs> yep. So here's where we are. Um, Sandy, who is a waitress here, spots Jake and instantly teases him about his high school girl. You know, high school. She says later for- she's from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake is very quick to point out that nothing happened. Nothing happened between them, implying that you know they did not sleep together. That right. they, you know, they have this little relationship, but they've not slept together. Which I actually think is kind of important to get out there because I kind of left nine hundred two and zero with the impression that they had. Yeah. Did you? Um. No, I don't know that I thought they slept together. No. Okay. Well, Jake, very I mean, and I believe him when he says that, that nothing happened here. Uh, and it becomes very clear in the exchange between Jake and Sandy that they had a thing, that they definitely had a thing. Yes. You know, not some like big, great romance, but they had a fling. And we learn a little bit more about that as it goes. Um, but basically, Sandy, I think Sandy's motivations in here are kind of two. She's got two things going on. I think she's jealous. I don't think we can deny that she's jealous. But I also think that she knows how much it's going to hurt Kelly when this all falls apart. And she knows with absolute certainty that it is going to fall apart. Right. Yeah. She's like, so, this is she she's like, this isn't going to work. Like, you're yeah. going to have to, you know, break her heart at some point. Yes, exactly. So I think, you know, you got you got to give Sandy some credit there because she she partially her motivations are pure and good. Uh, the next day, the next day, Kelly shows up at Jake's door. Um, and it's not a good look on her. You know, she's, she's like, why didn't you call? And he's sort of like, I was busy. You know, I, uh, uh, I just, he doesn't really have an excuse. He's basically saying like, I, I just, I just didn't. Um, and Kelly's like, listen, if you don't want to do this, just tell me and I'll go away. And Jake's like, look, I, I came to your mom's wedding as your date, but we didn't plan a future together. And Kelly's response is like, look, we had something, you felt it, you know it, now you're denying it. Yeah. Um, And she's kind of like there, she's kind of like, forget it. And she goes to walk away and Jake follows her. Yeah, he he just won't let her like... That's right. I won't mean, neither, end it. Neither one of them seem to be able to just really like pull the plug. And and God bless her little heart. Kelly tries here. And Jake, Jake follows her and she's, you know, wooed back into it. She says that she was worried... He says that he's sorry and is very genuine, I think, here when he's saying, look, like he he does have strong feelings for her. He doesn't know how to handle them. He's just he's just trying to do the right thing. And again, Kelly walks away and is just like, I don't you know, I don't need this walks away. Jake follows her and Kelly says the most cringeworthy thing here. Do you remember what it is? I don't remember the wording, but I I think Eric was sitting. Don't you think I'm pretty? Don't you think I'm pretty? Oh, it's a terrible. It's uh, terrible. Yeah. I it's so vulnerable and it's so immature. That's maybe the one place in all of these Melrose Place episodes that I was sort of like, would Kelly do that? But I guess she did. So uh, uh, Well, Jake, it this whole scene just made her seem very petulant and young to me. Yeah, it did. It did. But I also think that you gotta remember everything that's been going on with her. She's felt very sidelined in her own life while like the Jackie Mel stuff is happening. And like Brenda and Dylan are off doing their thing and Donna and David are off doing their thing. 
And so like everything for her is changing. She's kind of on the outs with the group just because of everything that's going on. So she's in a really like bad low place. And I think she's put a lot into this connection that she has with Jake. And so maybe if this would have come at a different time, she wouldn't be quite so pathetic. But here she she definitely is. So don't you think I'm pretty, she says. And Jake says, yes, of course, you're beautiful. And he asks her out. He says, let's let's have dinner. And, you know, Kelly's basically saying, like, oh, you're not just going to, like, stand me up and, and never talk to me again. And Jake says, I don't think either of us are going to get off that easy with this. And then they make out. They do. Oh, my word. They they <laughs> suck face so hard it's, yes they do it's yes intense. they do oh my gosh so the <laughs> next night is date night uh and where does jake take her but shooters which to me is Mistake. he purposely setting setting this up to fail because it's a terrible idea i mean he has to know he's gonna see people he knows there like yeah, I, don't know. He, I mean he knows he knows he works there for heaven's sakes um but the thing that's kind of sad about this is when they first show up and they're like holding hands and they just seem so happy. And I mean, their chemistry is still there. You know, like we talked about last season. They've, yeah, they've it got, is. They've got chemistry. So it's a it is kind of a sad arc that we're going on here because you see it's just like the wrong time and the wrong environment. And it's just doomed to fail. But you understand why both of them can't just like be mature about it, you know? Right. I really like Kelly's dress in this scene. Oh, yeah. It's like great. a big floppy dress. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they, they seem very happy and they seem like a couple. They really do. Uh, but guess who their waitress is? Sandy. Uh, so she says, so what will it be, a beer and a chocolate milk? <laughs> and to Jake's credit, he says, how about two chocolate milks? <laughs> um, and Sandy sort of apologizes, and she's like, ah, it's a dumb joke. And then she kind of makes a move towards Kelly and is like, you don't want this, sister. Like, you you need to beat it, you know, trying, I think, to look out for her. And Jake kind of puts an end to that, and he's like, okay, whatever. And then the door opens, and who do we have here, Kendra? All her friends. <laughs> That's right. Donna, David, and Steve. Not being subtle at all. And you recall Steve's reaction to Jake the last time he walked in on the two of them having a meal together was yes, was not... but this is post wedding where he said like, so is he just trying to be her friend now? I think so. Okay, I think so. He's just looking and out I, for. Her. I gotta say, over the course of these episodes and and in the nine hundred two and zero episodes as well, I do really like how quickly. Kelly and David just accept that now they're siblings. Yes. There's because a David scene is... in in uh, Misery Loves Company yeah. that I liked with the two of them. But all of David's interaction here are very like a brother looking out for his sister. And I just like that. I yeah. think that's nice. I like it too. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so Kelly uh, sees Donna and David and uh, Steve and Jake's like, well, why, why do they, why do they even know where we are? And Kelly says, well, Donna's covering for me so that my mom doesn't find out, which is the absolute wrong thing to say. You know, <laughs> Jake is pretty like, oh my gosh, like your mom doesn't even know this. And she's like, no, Jackie would kill me, which is again, not a good look. Uh, Steve taking advantage of the situation, tries to order beer. Uh, which Sandy won't do. Right. Donna, Donna kind of pulls Kelly aside and says, basically, you're obsessed with this guy and this is doomed. You got to get out of here. And Kelly's just not having it. Meanwhile, Steve and David have sat down with Jake and they're like, listen, you know, wherever Kelly is, her friends are going to be close by. So you better just know that we've got her back and you better like watch your step and all that. Uh, I think it's a very nice scene. It is. Yeah. I think it's a 
nice, a nice move. They're doing that. Um, Sandy's basically like, well, if, if you're going to flirt with college or with high school boys, I'm going to flirt with one too, you know. And she goes and starts hitting on Steve. Turns she, like, out she sits a, on Steve. She sits on Steve. Learns that his mom is is Samantha Sanders. She loves the Hartley house. They're hitting it off. Uh, Jake is finally like, let's okay, let's get out of here. So Jake and Kelly decide to leave, and outside, you know, the happy moment that we had like five minutes ago is long gone. Kelly's really sorry, and Jake is like, look. They're right, you know, like you, you just this is not where you belong. You belong with your friends. You don't belong with me. You need to just go. Um, and Kelly, you know, she just she just doesn't. She's like, well, you have feelings for me. I, I don't think that's right. And Jake is very open. He said, yes, I do have feelings for you. I have strong feelings for you. But it doesn't change the fact that, like, we can't do this. And it's a bad idea. Uh, and Kelly says, Dylan told me that you had a great heart, but you had trouble opening it. I was hoping I could help you with that. Oh, yeah, she she had a scene earlier to Donna where uh, like, you know, I can fix him. (laughs) Yeah. And I can fix him mentality, which is never, never a good way to way to go. (laughs) Uh, So so they part ways and you kind of get the sense that it's sort of over, like it might just be done there. Mm -hmm. Um, Back at Melrose Place. Jake is Jake is clearly in a better mood. I think he's sort of part of him feels like I'm just going to put this behind me. I'm just going to move forward. He sees Allison in the pool. He tries to throw her in the pool and Jane's, you know, flopping around in there. And you can just see that Jake, even though he's been kind of a transient existence, is starting to like actually have friends and have a network of people who care about him. And I think that's sort of changing his um, opinions about all these kinds of things. Then uh, Allison throws him in the pool while he's wearing nothing but jean cutoffs. <laughs> yep. Cut off. So I guess Jake was a never nude, but <laughs> that night Kelly is back and she is having a hard time. She wants to come in, and Jake is like, mm, "No, I don't think when so." When he opened the door, I thought he had another girl in there. The way he was like throwing a shirt on. Yeah, he's like putting on a white tank top. Yeah, I did too, but no, apparently not. He, but he doesn't let her in. And then they have kind of a tense exchange here where Jake is saying, like, look, you know, I'm going paycheck to paycheck. I'm trying to find work. I don't know if I'm going to, like, get kicked out. And she was like, yeah, I know how you feel. And he's like, the thing is, you don't. (laughs) You don't know how I feel. And that's just one of the many problems that we have together. Um, And then, again, seems like maybe this is over. And then Jake promises to call Kelly once he when he gets a little bit more settled uh and then they have a very tender goodbye where he's like stroking her cheek and saying yeah. oh sweet, sweet kelly <laughs> uh kelly leaves and then the episode ends with a big old melrose place pool party where jake throws sandy in the pool and then he gets into uh all all the melrose place cast yeah. chicken fight with they're each all other. Yeah, yeah triple chicken fight you're having a great time <laughs> and uh that's a wrap on the melrose place pilot yeah so, Kendra, this is uh, this is your first time seeing any Melrose plays. Uh, well, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you two questions here. One, are you into this Jake Kelly storyline? Um, not as much as I was at the end of season two. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. It just didn't. This this made it seem pretty impossible for it to go anywhere. So, yeah. but I know there's you know still a couple more episodes of this. So yeah. Um, and I listen. I I will admit to being a little like, oh, there's another. We're not done with this. Like <laughs> I, I did feel that a little bit in this. Uh, but what about just Melrose Place as a whole? Did you enjoy the pilot? Was it something that you would, you know, in another world, if we weren't in the middle of a podcast, like consider watching, or did it not? I would. No, I would consider yeah. watching it. And I think. I think 
watching 90210 definitely helped me even though they're very different yeah um it's it's kind of like 90210 but for adults i guess right yeah <laughs> um well i think with 90210 you you don't really have the whole issue of like you know melrose place is all about these characters like allison desperately needs a new roommate or she's gonna get kicked out on the street you know like they're they're bouncing checks they're struggling with work they're they're having all sorts of like Melrose Place is a harder, like more relatable life, I think, than than the sort of the glitz and glamour of of Beverly Hills. Right. And I I also like I love I love shows that are like everyone lives in the same building and they're all friends. I know. <laughs> like that's why I like Friends so much because they live yeah. right next door to each other and they're always yeah. in each other's houses. Um, yeah. Well, have, having the apartment complex be the anchor is a good way to tell those kind of stories. But I told you before. I mean, we were not intending. The only reason I've seen Melrose Place is because. I wanted to see the Jake and Kelly episodes. And then my wife and I were like, we're three episodes in. Let's just watch the next 217, you know? <laughs> well, you describing all the stuff that happens, it definitely has me intrigued. So Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll just have to see where uh, where the where the world takes us. But so you're you're a fan. You would say you enjoyed this pilot. You thought it worked as a pilot. I did. Yes. I okay. did think it worked. All right. I, I tend to agree. There's characters that I don't like, and some of some of what's set up in the early episodes, it's kind of like I know the things that matter and the things that don't, and so some of the stuff I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, thank you. Let's 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 keep rolling because it doesn't <laughs> have any impact at all. But um, right, I think it's yeah, I think it's I think it's decent. I think it's fun. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're revisiting again uh, with our other ones here. So yeah, all right. Shall we shall we get into Beverly Hills 90210? Did you want to do an O snap for this? Oh no? sure. Sure. I I guess I didn't have one locked and loaded. Do you have an O snap? Well, are we doing O snap for the whole episode or just for the Jake and Kelly stuff? Probably yeah, probably just for what we talked about. So maybe Well, we... for the Jake and Kelly stuff, I mean definitely that kiss was so yes. intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I would have I, to give it to that. <laughs> I, yes, I think so too. The whole like, don't you think I'm pretty into that like poolside makeout was yeah. was the height of like soap opera. So yes, yes. yeah, you're right. Very dramatic. Right okay. All right, let's take a drive down the road uh, and see who's living in Beverly Hills. Our synopsis for the first episode of season three. We're to season three. I'm so I'm so excited that we're like getting into Misery it. Misery loves company. Misery I know. Misery loves company. Too. Our synopsis is the gang is ready for summer and the start of their senior year because they're gonna be seniors. I guess they're seniors. They're seniors. <laughs> Brandon is heading back to the beach club and Nat finds an unlikely replacement in Steve. Meanwhile, things are still chilly at the Walsh house after the meltdown at Mel and Jackie's wedding, with Brenda and Jim barely on speaking terms. We soon learn that Brenda has continued to see Dylan behind her parents' back. Jim and Cindy learn it, too, when they surprise the kids by joining the Beverly Hills Beach Club. Also this summer, Andrea gets a job at the beach club, and Brandon is less than thrilled. Andrea has something to do in the summer, That's, Nick. I literally wrote that down. <laughs> I was like, finally, they were like, oh, maybe we should give Andrea a storyline. But yes, <laughs> this episode was directed by Jeff Melman and written by Steve Wasserman and Jessica Klein. Uh, it was included in Mel Gildon's novelization, More Than Words. We see the return of James Pickens Jr. as the Beach Club boss and Young and the Restless aficionado Henry Thomas. Uh, you'll recognize James from his work on The X-Files and most notably uh, Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice. Other recurring cast members include Joey Tata, Angela Lesby, and Denise Dows. 
uh, Joey Tad as Nat, Angela Spie as Jackie, and Denise Dows as the Miss Teasley of Steve's dreams. Of his dreams. <laughs> Finally, Kendra, and I wondered if you caught this because you didn't say anything to me about it, but Peter Krause as Jay, uh, the former editor of The Blaze and possibly a new romance for Andrea. He's on shows such as Sports Night, Six Feet Under, The Lost Room, Dirty Sexy Money, Parenthood. See, he looked familiar. Who is he in? Par- is he the dad? He's, in Parenthood? I'm, I haven't seen Parenthood, but no, no, no. He's... You know, he's the main guy. He's not Crosby. He's the other brother. Okay, hold on. I got to look it up. <laughs> I got to look it up. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Parenthood. That oh, is... I thought you were like obsessed with Parenthood. Oh, I, I love it. I love Parenthood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I refer to him as the dad. <laughs> he's oh, the dad. Okay. Not the gram- grandfather. Not the, not the patriarch, just the Correct, dad. Correct, the dad. Okay. That's so funny because I thought he looked familiar, but he's so young in this he's episode. He's very young. That's really funny. He really is. He's also on the Fox show 911. Yes, I saw that he's on that. Um, Parenthood is fantastic and everyone should watch it. I love the movie. I haven't really seen much of the show, but I love the movie. Well, it's great. It's got a great cast. All right, let's get into the episode, Misery Loves Company. We start, um, we don't know it's a dream, but it is a Steve dream, but it's like a handheld shaky cam going around the school. Yeah. Um, and Steve is wearing a terrible shirt. Yes. <laughs> Buttoned all the way to the top. In true Steve fashion. Patterns. Oh, it's terrible. Nick, is this the first cold open we've ever had in this show? Because this is pre, is, this is pre the intro. Oh, and interesting. It didn't start with the intro; it goes right into it. And I don't remember there being a cold open before. You know what? I you know you might be right. I honestly don't remember because remember we had a lot of times where we like in the first season we didn't have opening credits in the same way. They kind of just right. played over what was going on. Um, maybe yeah, maybe since the pilot. Uh, boy, I don't know. I think this is like the first one that you would like look at it and say this is a cold open okay well so, that's cool anyway so steve is wandering around the school and then mrs teasley shows up to tell him that he's gonna have to be held back because he failed all of his classes everything and he failed everything uh and then he wakes up and realizes it was a dream then we go to the peach pit and he's telling brandon about the dream and uh they talk about you know you know it's it was just a dream it's fine and we're gonna be seniors next year but for now it's summer and they're so excited for they're summer. so excited about summer they're so i'm excited. gonna say too i'm a little confused about that dream because nothing led up to it like no. there was never fear that steve wasn't gonna pass and then there's no payoff for that that's so. why i feel like it's just like a real cold open because yeah, sometimes cold it. opens don't it's really nothing. have anything to do it's with just anything it's yeah okay yeah okay well then i'm back in i'm back in <laughs> So then we have then we have the intro. So after the intro, we go to the Walsh house. I love Cindy's shorts. Pretty much oh, this yes. whole episode, but I I love the they're like high waisted, long, yep. like yep. Uh, coral shorts. I love it. Yep. Yep. Kelly and Donna are at the Walsh house to pick up Brenda, and Cindy uh, is like, "Well, good luck." She's pretty miserable, and I think yeah. it's been like three weeks at this point since the wedding. I think later someone says it's been three weeks. I might have written it oh, down I was later. It was more a matter of like months. Oh, really? I thought it was like two months. I'm pretty sure they say three weeks, but oh, some okay. some well, time has passed. So she's been this mopey way for a little bit at this point. Yep. Um. So she comes down all sad and not really, you know, 
talking to anyone and they say they're going yeah. bikini shopping and before mm-hmm. they leave jim gives her his credit card and says go go crazy but not too crazy <laughs> yeah he's, buy, yeah his point bikinis. is basically like every, everyone's you know i i've been a a big jerk according to everyone else so why don't you give me an opportunity to sort of increase my my street cred here and like let me be nice and cool and she's kind of like fine thanks and then she leaves yep and and we're to believe that she's just been staying away from Dylan this entire time, and she's so sad about it. That's why it. she's so sad. So then we're in the car, and we have a nice like driving uh, shot of them driving in. Who's driving? Is it Donna who's driving? Donna, yeah. Donna's driving. So mm-hmm. they're they're talking a little bit, but and then they pull over, and we see that Brenda is meeting up with Dylan. Ugh, and would, they have this so whole angry. plan. Did it? <laughs> this, it did because. The the finale is so dramatic with it Dylan is. being like, I got too close to you people. I'm out of here. And then he like drives away, like off into the distance. So to just have him be like waiting at the side of the road, like, okay, Brenda, let's go on a date. I just, I thought I had it was, a lot of I thought there was going to be more this. with him, with her trying to convince him to, Me too. to secret date Me her. too. But yes. no. No. So they have this whole plan where they're going to go their separate ways and then meet back up at six o'clock and yes. switch switch cars again. Uh, Donna is very she's she's having to cover for Kelly with with yeah. Jake and she's having yeah. to cover for Brenda with Dylan. And she's pretty over it at this point, having yeah. to cover well, for everybody. Because I mean, Kelly is kind of complaining about it. Kelly, who's already been burned by covering for Brenda and Dylan in, in, in a previous <laughs> season. But Kelly's like, oh, I hate this. And Donna's like, well, yeah, you're one to talk. I'm driving you all around Melrose Place. <laughs> Jake, you know, it's so like, yeah, you're exactly right. It's like Donna's doing this for both of them. She's over it. And Kelly's being a brat about it. Yes. When she's doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then they talk about they uh, they're supposed to be going to Paris over the summer. Yeah. I think it's yep. is it Kelly? Just Kelly and Donna are going Kelly to Paris. And Donna are doing like a study abroad thing. Yeah. But Kelly or Donna is having second thoughts about it because of her parents divorce. I think she's just yeah. trying to come up with excuses not to go. Oh, OK. To All right. Paris. In, in my mm-hmm. mind, that's what I thought. But right now she's using her parents as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of the divorce and everything. So then we go to the peach pit and Brandon, I, he's telling Nat that he's working at the beach club again, right? Yeah, but this year they've arranged it. Remember last time Brandon was like, oh, I got a new job and I start now. Yeah. <laughs> this time uh, he and Nat <laughs> have warning. a deal where, yeah. Yeah, where Nat's basically like, you know, I'm not going to need a ton of help anyway. And this, then you can come back. And so they actually worked it out as they should have done the first time around. Um, Which yeah, I so thought Steve was, ca- I thought it was kind of strange the way he said, because I feel like they'd be busier in the summer. He's like, oh, I'd have to cut back your hours for the summer anyway. But I feel yeah, like they'd be busier I in know. the summer. We had this conversation last summer, too. Oh, and did I we? Okay. Just, <laughs> I think it's just the location that they're in. It's like everybody is just at the beach. Like nobody's nobody's in a landlocked little diner during the summer. Yeah. I think is, You're is right. I remember you saying that. You're right. So, yeah, Steve shows up and follows Brandon back to his locker because he has a locker in the peach pit, I guess. Hey, to keep did, you see, did you see Willie? Did you see Willie in the background? I think. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yep, little silent cameo from Willie there. <laughs> um, so Nat had just given Brandon his paycheck and Steve looks at it and laughs at how much it is. He's, yeah. He says it's. What does he say? He says it's pizza something. Money. Money. It's pizza, pizza money. money. Yeah, it's pizza yeah. money. Yeah. And. 
Brandon then says Steve is spoiled because he doesn't have a job. And Steve yeah. says, I'm not spoiled. I'm privileged. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon says, when people shout, die, yuppie scum, you know they're talking about you, right? And Steve's <laughs> like, hey, hey. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought Brandon and Steve were just on point in this episode. They were like, funny. All their, all their exchanges together, I was I was here for. I love it. Very funny. So then Brandon bets his paycheck that Steve can't land a job and keep a job yeah. for like a week right, or something. Yes. So then Steve immediately asks Nat for a job to like and cover Nat's, the- Nat's kind of like, oh, how that's funny. You know? and she's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is real. Yep. Um, but yeah, so then he he does give Steve the job. He's going to give him he a does. shot. Brandon Brandon entrusts his sacred like spatula to Nat and is like, <laughs> keep this safe for me. And uh, Steve's working at the peach pit. Brandon's off to the beach. Off to the beach. Speaking of the beach, we go to the beach where Dylan and Brenda are hanging out in a spot oh. that I'm sure they could see people they know. It oh seems like they gosh. could be sneakier about it. I, but whatever. Audibly, I audibly was like, ugh, <laughs> when I saw that this is what they were doing. Like, this, this is what they're doing with their lives. Just like, come on, you guys. <laughs> come on. So Dylan, Dylan's talking about he wants a new trustee for his money, and he feels like he's, you know, he's not part of their family. He's never going to be part of their family. They also talk a little bit about uh, Dylan says he used to go to Europe every summer. And she mentions the lake. She says, we used to just go to the lake. Yep. Yep. I thought of both of those things because in the uh, Lawrence Crown book, The Beginning, we have the whole Walsh is at the lake as the prologue. And yeah. And we have Dylan going to Europe as we know he did in French Rivals. So it was kind of a little connection there. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it too. Um, And then they have a little bit of kissing as they're wont to do. Yeah, do some kissing. We're back at the beach club, Nick. And you know what? Uh, I felt happy to see it. I don't. I, do I don't know why. I was like, I like beach club. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's because uh, we're we're as of recording right now, we're so close to summer, and I know we're in quarantine, but um, I'm just like ready for some, <laughs> for the summer. Hopefully, well, because quarantine will be lifted and we can do some things with our lives i'm ready too but it is legit snowing here like sticking on i the cannot ground. believe that i've been seeing people's pictures yeah uh, from where you live and i'm just yeah. i mean i gotta tell you though right t- all day today i have just been an icicle i'm wearing two pairs of socks leggings sweatpants a long sleeve shirt and a hoodie and i'm it's- and i'm freezing this so, is why you need a Beverly Hills Beach Club in your life. I know. This is why. Okay. So we're back at the Beach Club. And what what's the, the manager's name? Henry. Thomas. Henry Thomas. Right? What's his last name? Well, I don't know. Let okay. Me, we'll me, call him Henry. Doesn't matter. Henry is- You're watching, right. It is. It's Henry Thomas. <laughs> he's still watching Young and the Restless. Yes. And he's like, Brandon, don't interrupt me when I'm watching it. But then he- He's kidding. Um, then we have this scene where he takes Brandon on a walk on the beach and tells him this whole story about how he used to manage a YMCA, but then his brother and him bought a sporting goods store and then they went out of business. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of the story. And I wasn't well, sure why he was telling him that. I wasn't sure why he was telling him that either. Like, I thought the whole walk on the beach was weird, but he's talking about a real thing that happened. Like the, and he you know, prefaced it by saying, this summer is going to be different. Yeah. But then it doesn't go anywhere. So I, I don't know. I was confused by that scene. I think what – I think what – I don't know why Henry's telling Brandon this, but I think the gist of it is that Henry and his brother-in-law mortgaged their lives so that they could buy a sporting goods store. 
And Henry was thinking he wasn't even going to be back at the beach this summer because the sporting goods store were going well. And then the real life L.A. riots in 92 um, destroyed like the whole neighborhood, including the sporting goods store. And so here. Oh, Henry so this just happened. Yes, yes. I thought this happened a while ago. No, I think he's referring to the uh, like the yes, the 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 L.A. riots, which, oh. which were 1992. So, yeah. So I don't know if they were just. Trying, trying to mention to, that, yeah, like trying to just be be topical and like put a face to, to that. I'm not really sure why why it's well. That makes that makes there, sense. It, I didn't yeah. I didn't uh, pick up on that, but that makes sense. I I was intrigued by it, but I'm not absolutely certain what they were trying to say. But you know, it was it was on everybody's minds at the time, so it makes sense to tie it in because it is set. Yeah, I guess it'd right be weird there, so. for them not to mention it since it takes place in LA so yeah okay so then after he tells the story Brandon looks over and he sees Brenda and Dylan on the beach and goes up to them and is like oh so you guys are doing this huh that's cool yeah and says he's he's not going to be Brenda's accomplice I I have not been super in with the way Brandon's been handling all of this but I also very much agree with his reaction to seeing them there that it's just such an eye roll it's just like you guys <laughs> come on yeah but he, i don't understand like he has he has this whole scene with dylan you know where where, where he's like you're taking away their little girl and dylan's like if they let me in i wouldn't have to take her away you know <laughs> and i don't get i don't really get why brandon is so reluctant not to speak to his parents about this at all I guess just you know? so much has happened. I know, I but mean, I just feel just, like it's escalated so much. It has, but it's like destroying their family. So like, there's no. It's like it's ruining everybody's life. I mean, every, Brandon doesn't even want to go home because it's so tense at home. So well, it's not like he's also I'm, kind of on the outs with them too because of covering well, yeah. for Brenda yeah. through that whole he thing. Is. So he is, but I just don't really see. He has a unique insight into it because he knows Brenda. He knows Dylan. He knows what their real relationship is and not just like – I just don't understand why he's not participating at all. I'm yeah. a little puzzled by that, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, another thing, there's so much wind in this scene. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Dylan's wearing this, like, loose shirt, so yeah. it's just like a parachute behind yeah. him. It's really funny. And both their hair, too. Their hair <laughs> looks amazing. Yeah, it does. So then we – uh, the next scene is when they uh, Donna and Kelly are waiting for Brenda to get back, and she's late, of course. Uh, Wait, and- she's late? Yeah. <laughs> she's late getting back to the car. Oh, okay, so it's not another. <laughs> okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, but finally, her and, her and Dylan pull up in his car, and Dylan is, she's like, okay, see you tomorrow, and he's like, maybe. He's he's uh, getting tired of the sneaking around, and, you know, this isn't know his, why. this isn't his jam. I this this was one case where I I genuinely didn't remember like where it went next with Dylan and Brenda and so you in the episode on the finale were saying you thought that that was pretty much you said that was a, the beginning of the end for Dylan and Brenda because you didn't think that Dylan really was invested enough in their relationship to like deal with this kind of nonsense yeah. and I was kind of right there with you so I was I was disappointed I felt like it was anticlimactic to see Dylan just it was a little yeah as if as if none of that happened. I don't think it really speaks to the strength of his character in this regard. Yeah. But I mean, spoiler alert, we don't get any resolution to this in this episode. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So nothing is resolved. We end on kind of another 
cliffhanger kind of thing. In this case, would you say nothing is forgiven? Ooh, I would say that, Nick. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. Very good. Okay, so then we're at dinner and they uh, at the Walsh house. They ask Brenda how bikini shopping was, and Brandon kind of is ribbing her about like, yeah, how was it, Brenda? Like, she did you know have a good time? About. Yeah. She's <laughs> forgotten that that was her cover. And Brandon's yeah. like, you went bikini shopping, remember? You know, yeah. yeah. And just, you know, is badgering her. Finally, she tells him to shut up. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> her parents are like, Brenda, like, calm down. What the heck? Then Brenda, of course, has to bring up, or Jim, I think, is like, like, this is, this has gone on for a long yeah. enough. Like, you You've need been to, moping around. You need to get to over stop this. It. And Brenda says, no, not until. I can date Dylan again. And, yeah. He says um, that it's a closed book, I believe he says. Yes. That's what Jim Jim is saying. Like, no, this is a no-go. I got to say, I I think the Walsh parents are whiffing this. Like, just from, from like a parental standpoint, I just think they're doing a bad job. I think Cindy was wrong to force a confrontation in Wedding Bell Blues. Oh, definitely. And I think... And I think Jim taking this hard line of like, you can't even catch a glimpse of him at school. They're I feel just... like once you get, I, I don't know, it's hard. Once you, I feel like once you're in this far, it's just pointless to tell her no. And I think I that's why, they, I think that's what they find. Like it just get, yeah. makes it worse. You just have to yeah. let her do it. But again, I thought that they were all seniors and about to graduate. So yeah. I was a yeah, little more so for younger, it. Yeah, yeah sure. so they're younger than I thought sure. they were. But anyway, the next scene I just, is that. I don't, oh, I don't understand. Sorry, I'm, I'm harping on this parenting thing. <laughs> but I don't understand why they're not saying, like, if you want to see Dylan, it's going to be here. Like, you can invite Dylan over for dinner. You guys can watch a movie with the family. That's it. You know, giving them some sort of. Giving them some sort of, I don't know, little breadcrumb, like you you can do this, then I think that they would like respect that and do it. But just putting them in this like back to the wall situation. Especially is just going so into summer. Obviously not gonna work. Yeah. Going yeah. into summer where they're gonna be out and about like all summer. I mean, it's just gonna be too hard. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree. It. They're whiffing it. Yep. Next episode or next episode. Next scene is at the Peach Pit. Donna is talking to David and she's like, I can't go to Europe. Look at my passport. This is a horrible picture. And David's like, well, that's stupid. Obviously, it's just a passport. Like, go to Europe. (laughs) And then Steve comes up to take their order. David cannot stop, can can barely hold back his laughter that Steve is taking their order. Um, And, you know, Steve's like, whatever. It's for a bet. Um, And we, you know, he kind of points out like Nat doesn't know about this bet so do not tell him not cool not cool steve not cool at all then he delivers a bunch of food to a couple and it's not food that they ordered and brandon sees it all happen and uh is like oh it's okay we'll we'll get you your food and like takes all the food away and you know it's it's funny and this this episode is in mel gildan's novelization uh more than words and the scene in the novelization steve is much more like forceful with this couple like it's a true confrontation and Brandon has to step in and be like, whoa, 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 you know, which I thought made a lot more sense yeah. that way than, than in this, where it's really, he's kind of like, well, this is what you ordered, you know. <laughs> I, I liked the novelization's version better because it was a little bit more intense and it showed Steve's frustration a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah. Next scene is at Jim's office. Dylan oh, is my there. Word. 
to uh, don't... go ahead. Sorry. No, no go ahead. I just. Jim is on the phone and he's just like, hey, 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 how the hell are you, Rich? Yeah, oh boy. A finance, am I right? <laughs> and I don't get it. I don't get what he's doing. It's I don't Jim. get if he's I don't get if he's trying to like if he's trying to be like, we, you know, we we're fine. Dylan and I, you know, you and I are fine. Look how normal I'm being. Or if he's trying to be a jerk, you know, if he's trying to sort of be like, you don't rate my time here. I don't understand. One hundred percent. I think it comes off that way at first, but then he does try to have some small talk with Dylan and like ask him how school is and say like, oh, well, you you have the money. So all you need is the grades to get into college. It's very weird. Yeah. The the vibe. I don't understand. Dylan is is over it. One hundred percent. He's not picking up anything he's putting down. (laughs) It would be one thing if Jim was trying to just be professional, but he's asking him all personal questions. Yeah. So it's kind of strange. Like the college question maybe makes sense. Like if he if he's going to be dropping a load on college, then they should be preparing for that. But like asking him about school and like what's going on and stuff, that is like, I don't know, pick a lane, Jim. You yeah. know, I don't pick get a lane. it. Dylan here says that, you know, you may think you're controlling Brenda, but you can't control me. And then he says he wants a new trustee for his mm-hmm. money uh, mm-hmm. and for his trust. Jim says, no, basically. He's like, your mom put me in charge. You're stuck with me until you graduate, basically, yeah. and, and you can take care of your own money. Yeah. And Dylan which, is like, fine, but don't ever ask me how I was in school. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, another another fun part of the novelization is Dylan's walking out. His internal monologue is all about, like, that was such a lame ending line. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, that's so weak. It it's was so a little lame. It was lame, and that's funny, and I kind of want to know. Like, I want to call up Mel Gilded and be like, did you put that in there because you knew it was such a bad line, or was that, like, indicated somehow? Because it is it is a weak – like, he walks out, and you're just kind of like, uh, It okay. is. It is a weak ending line. You know, kind of funny. But it makes sense to me, Jim's point, that, like, Dylan can't just come in, like especially as a minor, and say, like, I don't want you handling the money anymore. Because the thing is, like, it is not Dylan's money. Like, it's his mother's money, and Dylan is, like, the beneficiary of – a trust. So he doesn't really have that kind of authority. I don't know why he's not talking to Iris about this in the first place, other than he doesn't want to talk to Iris ever. Right. Yeah. Did you notice in this scene, the art in Jim's office is a picture of two pennies, two giant pennies. It's like the front of a penny and the back of a penny. There's a giant picture on his wall. He's a finance guy, Kendra. I know. I just thought it was it was funny. I noticed that in the background. The prop department was like, we need some like financial art. What do we have? (laughs) Uh, We got this. uh, I don't know. We got this double sided penny art. You want that? (laughs) Yeah, throw it up. (laughs) And scene. And scene. Next scene is at home. Uh, Jim and Cindy are they're getting in bed and. Cindy is is worried about yeah. Brenda and the whole situation. Yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> basic yeah. and asks, you know, she's like, maybe you should reconsider about Dylan. Yeah. She's she's trying to be on Brenda's side. And Jim is basically yeah. like, no, like, I need you to be on my side on this. We need to stand yeah. firm. Cindy's well, hair is much more toned down this season already. It's not like big poofy. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. Yeah, I liked that's true. it. I liked it. Jim says something along the lines of like, like he, oh, he says he said he should have charged Dylan with kidnapping for taking Brenda to Mexico. (laughs) 
then then this is a I wrote it down because I thought it was cold as ice. He said then he could have shared a cell with his father. Oh yes, he did say that. Right? Like, Harsh, Jim. Harsh. Come He's on. a child. Yeah. yeah. He's a child. Yeah. Yeah. Next day at the beach club, we get this little little uh, time lapse of them setting up the the courtyard at the I... beach club. Love those baby carriage lawn chairs. Right? I wrote like, it down. Like I wrote, I love so those cool. shaded chairs. It's like these, it's like lawn chairs, but they have this, yeah, like baby carriage thing over it. I loved it. I, I did not. I did not like uh, G- or Brandon and Henry's oh, yeah. puffy pleated, pleated white pants or their blatant <laughs> sexism as they surveyed oh, yeah. the, the women Oogling. at the club. Oogling Both of those I thought were babes. gross. Yeah, it was. But then who should walk in, Nick? And works at the club now. Andrea's got Andrea. a job. Andrea, and what is she doing? She's coaching, or she's taking care of kids. She's working in- with the kids, basically. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if they were doing a specific activity. I don't think so. Just like a kid, like a daycare type really thing. I don't really understand. Brandon instantly is like, "Oh no, 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 no!" And I didn't really understand his reaction. Well, he because he said Andrea likes him, and he doesn't want. You know, if he's flirting with a girl, he doesn't want Andrea yeah. there looking over his shoulder. Yeah. I don't know. It seems insensitive to me. She's it's, his friend. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It is insensitive. Okay. And that, well, but then Henry's response to all that is, well, maybe you'll keep your mind on your work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. At home, Jim comes to wake up Brenda and says he's got a looking big surprise. That, like, those those pleated khaki shorts and like the high <laughs> socks in the in the multicolored multicolored uh, button shirt, up. yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks hilarious. He looked like he he looks like the guy running the slides at a mega church, you know. <laughs> yes, I I felt bad for him in this scene though because he is so excited for this surprise yeah. that he's planned, and yeah. Brenda is just like, no, I can't go. Like she she keeps playing it off, and is like, no, I can't. I have ca- I have plans with Kelly. Look, I can't. The thing is, Brenda's brattiness throughout the course of the series has been well documented. Yes. But I think the fact is, Jim just doesn't show any respect for her or her feelings. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't really take them seriously. He thinks that he could be like, who wants ice cream? And she'll just like forget all the things that she's concerned about. Well, it's that just... kind of goes along with the what Brandon is saying, which is like, they treat her like a little girl. Like that's how yeah. that's how it would have worked when she was ten. He would have said, "Here's yeah. an ice cream," and yeah. oh, we're going to the beach today, and she would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they can't treat her that way anymore. Yeah. So yeah. So well, I think I think everybody, like Brandon included, is sort of treating Brenda like just a helpless little thing. You know, like Jim keeps saying, like he took her down to Mexico and all that. Is if the real truth wasn't Brenda orchestrated a conspiracy so that she could go down. <laughs> yeah, with Brenda Dylan is the mastermind here, withholding key information from Dylan. It's just like, come on. Yeah, definitely. So Jim tells Cindy she's not going, and Cindy is again worried about Brenda. But they're gonna surprise Brandon with this surprise. Oh. And what is the surprise, Nick? Uh, they have finally, after a year of, of being begged to get a membership, they're joining the beach club. They joined and they got their own like cabana. Oh yeah. How much was, I mean, that, what, what are we, I mean, 
No, no amount of money would surprise me. If he told me it was like $30,000 to have that for the summer, I would believe it. I would believe it too because it's right. I mean, it's right oh, yeah. at the beach club. It's yeah. prime yeah, it's real estate. It's got it a really balcony is. that overlooks the beach. I mean, it's it's And nice. the volleyball court. It overlooks the volleyball court. Yeah, even. it overlooks everything. So, yeah. That, so That costs an arm and a leg. Brandon delivers drinks to this room and then they like pop out from behind their beach chairs and they're like, surprise. Which Did is you such notice? a TV parent moment. Yeah, it oh, is it was such so funny. Did you notice that when he walked in the door, the the like latch on the door was kind of broken? Oh, no, I didn't. It was like, you know, the the chain that you can put yeah. on the door? Oh, yes. It's all, it was all like janky inside. Yeah, it was like falling know. off. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I don't, I don't, you're paying thirty thousand dollars for a beachfront apartment. You want that fixed, probably. <laughs> Enough that when I noticed it, I thought we were gonna have like a break-in scene. Like he was gonna yeah, walk in and see true. that someone did, broke in. So it felt it felt featured. You're right, it did. I also love how delighted Henry is at Brandon's parents having a club. He's just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. Yep. So then Brandon goes to help Mrs. Goldberg get all her stuff out of her car. And she has like six children running around. So he's helping her. And while he's doing this, he sees Dylan's, is it Dylan's car is parked? Yeah, the Porsche, yes. Okay, he sees the car and realizes like, oh, crap, Dylan is here, which probably means that Brenda is here. So then he's running around trying to find them before Cindy and Jim do, but he said he wasn't going to be her accomplice. So I yeah. don't know why he's doing it. I mean, it's nice of him, but yeah, I, I don't know why. He's... Well, I think it's one thing to confront them and be like, I'm not going to help you. But in the moment, I think his real instincts are coming out that he's going to protect his sister and his friend, you know, which I think is nice. Yeah. So he finds Kelly and is like, where are they? And, She's like, well, they were over there, and he. We have a couple of those. Kelly says that she invited them. He's like, have you seen Dylan? And she says, no, but I invited him as my guest, which I thought was odd. Yeah, so I guess Dylan Dylan doesn't have a membership. Yeah, he must not have a membership to the club. Anywho, anywho, anywho. So then we have a scene where Cindy is on their balcony looking at the beach, and then she sees Brenda and Dylan making out in one of the yeah. little wash-off shower, shower things. <laughs> shower. Yeah. And Brenda's wearing one of those awful, like, 90s super high. Yeah, very like, high. high oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a good look. And uh, she she kind of tries to not let Jim come out and see, um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think she tried very hard, and he does, no. he does see. Yeah. Uh, that Brenda is mad at her. Is mad at her for trying to like. He's like, you try to keep me from this, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Head lunatic. Of course you <laughs> did. So a little bit. Well, the next scene is Brandon is still looking for them. He finds Andrea at the shower. She's washing off the kids' feet, which I thought was those kids were so cute. They, they were, were cute. adorable, like waving hi to yeah. Brandon. Yeah, and points out that Dylan and Brenda are over at like the bikes or something like Dylan's getting ready to leave or something. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to ask what is with Brandon and the gum? Like we've clocked this in multiple episodes now, yeah. but Brandon like chomping, like open mouth, like smacking his gum, I guess is like a character choice, but it's, I don't get it. It's his thing. What are you going to okay. do? So he tells, he, he finally finds Brenda and Dylan tells them that uh, their parents are there. And, Dylan is like, do you want me to go up with you and talk to them? And Brenda says no. And this, this, it kind of upsets Dylan. And he's like, yeah, he's like, wrong answer. I'm not going to do this. I'm I'm through playing games is what he says. I'm through playing games. 
So then Brandon, they're walking towards the the cabana and Brandon says, you better have a good story because I don't know if they saw you, but like you better be able to explain why you're here. Uh, Brenda then goes up to talk to Cindy and Jim and tries to be like, oh, what a great surprise, you guys. This is great. Mm, And I mean, Cindy is, yeah, I know. Cindy is 100%. Oh, she's done. She is hashtag over it. She's like, I have been on your side. I have covered for you, but you have been lying to us. Jim is like, did I raise you to be a liar? And he asks why Dylan didn't come up to see them. And she says that, you know, she didn't let him. Yeah, he was going to. And then I just, I don't know this. Remember last year, like Hillary and I were talking about how we didn't buy the Dylan would would willingly go along with lying to her parents. And I still believe that, you know, in, in season two. So it's really puzzling to me that he would be okay with just like openly lying to Jim and Cindy. I guess he's really mad at them now. Like before he wasn't, but now he's like, forget it. They're impossible. Yeah. So maybe that's what's doing it, that he feels because of the injustice that it's what they have to do. But it's still a weird move. Yeah. So Brenda then leaves and Jim chases her down the stairs and they have this big fight in front of a bunch of people. I mean, they were yeah. already kind of a, in front of a bunch of people because they have a another cabana oh, yeah. right next door. The decks are, yeah, the decks are connected. I mean, there are people right there. Yeah. I just can't get over Brenda is such a liar. I just can't get over it. It's crazy how she's gone from like the good child to in like pathological liar yeah it's true very quickly on the one hand i mean i sort of sympathize with her because they they are forcing a confrontation like everybody's being forced to take these positions that they wouldn't normally dylan especially like brendan brenda continually puts dylan in a position that he does not want to be in but uh, yeah it is it's a weird weird turn for them to just be so boldly and openly lying yeah. Jim chases her down and Brenda basically is like, I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm going to see Dylan whenever I want and you can't stop me. And Jim is like, D- she tries to walk away and he's like, if you walk away, things will never be the same. And she keeps walking. Yeah. And again, how do you not know, Jim, that you don't toss an ultimatum in that moment? Like you have lost. Yeah. You have lost like every step of the way. You have no power. So why is he forcing an ultimatum? I don't get it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Not the right move. Not the right move. Next Mm-mm. scene is at the peach pit and the gang is discussing what happened at the beach and yeah. saying like Jim, Donna- everyone heard Jim. Is Donna wearing just a straight up wedding dress? Did you see what she's wearing? <laughs> yes, it's like it's white what? and it's sheer at the top. It it yes. looks like the top of a wedding dress for sure. It does. It's, yeah, it was crazy. I didn't hate it, but uh, yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting shirt. Steve is is working and he's splashing water on everyone when he's refilling their drinks. Andrea, you notice now because she's not wearing a hat. She has short hair for this. Yeah. Season. She's got a summer cut. She's got a summer cut. I I still don't know how I feel about it because she has kind yeah. of a round face, so I don't know if it's good. Oh, I don't know if it's a good idea to give her framing her correctly. Yeah, I don't know. I about see. That, but I we'll love the little bit with uh with Steve and Brandon where Brandon goes up and picks up like a like a glass of Coke and is like, oh wait a minute, soda jerk, soda jerk. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, his delivery on that was just perfect. It was it almost made up for that time he tried to cry. It was just so good. <laughs> It was so funny. It I loved was. It. So while the oh, so then Andrea asks for a lift from Brandon to and from work, 
Yes. Uh, which and, he goes and, in a lot earlier than she does, but uh, she doesn't want to ride the bus. And Steve this yeah. whole time has been picking on Brandon about like, oh, Andrea is yeah. working at the club and yeah. she likes yeah. you. Yeah. But then Jay walks <laughs> it, in. But, but hold on, hold on, because I love this little thing they do where, because Brandon's like, yeah, I could do that. And Steve was like, you know, I bet you could give her a ride home too. And Brandon's <laughs> like, hey, man, don't you have work to do? And Steve's like, no, I'm on a break. <laughs> yeah. So funny. They are really but funny yes. together. Then Jay walks in. Jay walks in and we're intro- we, we've never seen him before, right? We have not, but okay. Steve and some of the others know him as a, you know, a, a former student and the former editor of The Blaze. Yeah, so he graduated the year before Brandon got there or something. Yep. Um, and he he talks a little bit about he's interning, and it's clear that Brandon is threatened by him because he's like a, you know, improved version of of Brandon a little bit yeah. being a yeah. journalist and everything. So then Jay yeah, yeah. and Andrea leave to go see but Batman Jay, Returns. They go see Batman Returns. Yeah. Jay is like, so Brandon, you're the features editor, right? And Brandon's like, I'm the sports editor. And he's like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> but cool, he should cool, have cool. said, but I basically do every article. Yeah, I, I do everything. I do everything. <laughs> yes. And then, then they go and they, they see Batman Returns, as you said, which was, I was like, hey, Batman. Yeah. And everyone is like, oh, that's a, that's a good match for Andrea. Like, good for yes. her for yeah. for getting this college guy. And um, Steve is like, well, I guess you don't have to worry about Andrea this summer to Brandon. Mm-hmm. At home, all Brenda's clothes are gone. Her suitcases are gone. She has packed up. and She has left. And Cindy is going to call over to Dylan's. But then Jim finally is like, I'm going over there, which is what he should have done. A couple times before this. I agree, but I don't know that now is the time to go over Well, there. yeah, I don't know about that. but He should have early on when it was still a manageable situation. But now, I don't know. He's just marching into a place where he has no power and into a place where they've already taken a stand against them. He just doesn't have any cards left to play, and he keeps betting. Yeah. doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. So then we have Brenda. She shows up at Dylan. She says, I can't. I, I left. I can't live with them anymore. If they don't want to, you know, if they don't like my life, they don't have to watch me live it, basically. Yep. Yep. Back at the Peach Pit, Brandon is making Steve get him refills. And Steve is like, you've had three already. And everyone is so delighted. Everyone is so delighted <laughs> by Steve working at the Peach Pit. Yeah. So then Nat wants to talk to Brandon alone. And he says it's not working out with Steve. Like, he's not doing a good job. And Brandon... He can't keep he's trying to keep a straight face during this conversation. Yeah. Um, but then he ends up feeling bad well, and is like, you should give him another chance. Yeah. And Steve has been sort of rubbing it in Brandon's face that he's able to do that. And Steve manages to get his hands on Brandon's beloved spatula and kind of taunts him with it in an yeah. earlier scene. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on there. But yes, you're right. Brandon is like, no, no, no. Like, let, let him try. Let, let him let him work it out, which would mean Brandon would lose the bet. So there there you go. Brandon being yeah. selfless. Yeah selfless but then we hear so much crashing from the back yes. like he had to break yes. everything in the back um yep. and nat is like oh boy steve yeah. <laughs> 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 uh so let's stay with the peach pit for a second the next okay. peach pit scene is steve comes out and he pays brandon he's in his regular clothes again he pays brandon and he says at first he says that he quit but then mm-hmm. He admits that he got fired. Yes. And 
they end with uh, Steve being like, you know what? Tomorrow I'll be at the beach and you can wait on me like it's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> yep, exactly. I've got to say two things about this. One, uh, props to the music replacement people because I think the Peach Pit music is getting better. You think so? It's, I didn't really I notice. do. It's Well, it's clearly not like Rock Around the Clock or Blueberry Hill or something like it should be. But the music that they're doing does feel vaguely 1950s. It feels appropriate for what's going on. So – got to give him that two i'm a little disappointed that this steve peach pit thing is over and done with within the course of one episode because i think that would have been a nice little thing to play with for a while yeah it would have been funny but that might have kept him from beach scenes so well but maybe he was only working like six hours a week though so (laughs) six hours a week oh my goodness yeah yeah i mean you know yeah you're right anyway would have been funny okay so then uh we go to dylan's house oh my gosh they're, they're sitting on his couch talking and the doorbell rings and Brenda goes back to a room and like shuts the door. Which is, which is not cool. Again, she's putting Dylan in this position of like a gatekeeper that he does not want to be in. It doesn't really feel like it's his place to, to do this either. So I think it's very uncool of her to do that. Yeah. Dylan also not super on board for them just living together either. She no, just kind of shows up. Yeah, with he's the pretty hesitant he's about like, it. Oh, okay. Oh, Okay, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. so he he answers the door and is like, you know, he's like, she doesn't want to see you, and she does come out of the room, and Jim is like, you will come home right now, young lady. Pump the brakes, Jim. This is not working. I know he's he's not. Anyway, but she's like, I'm not leaving until you accept that Dylan and I are together, and he says no, and she's like, well goodbye and goes and locks herself back in the room and dylan is like are you gonna drag her out of here kicking and screaming and jim says it hasn't come to that and he just leaves and we've kind of been here before because remember when brenda moved out (laughs) yes and they basically just let her do that right yeah yeah pretty much and she eventually came home so i don't know yeah i've got to say to dylan's credit i think that a different kind of guy would be real petulant and real bratty and like rubbing it in Jim's face and everything. And while like Dylan's not really willing to like give ground, he doesn't rub it in his face at all. No. You know what I mean? He's, he's just like, you know, it, you and Brenda have this problem and that's fine. But like, this is my house and we're not going to do this here, you know? So I, I think Dylan is actually pretty mature about the way he's handling it when confronted by Jim. Yeah. Do you I, think? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay, so we have a nice little scene at Kelly's house. David comes into Kelly's room. David um, and Kelly's house now. Yes. I so I guess they're yeah. living they all moved yeah. into Jackie and yeah. Kelly's house. In Jackie's house. Yeah. Um but yeah, he comes in and he like sits on the bed and they have this like cute little brother sister scene where yeah. David says that um he he dropped Donna off and her parents were going at it in the living yeah. room meaning they were like half naked is what he says yeah um yeah and crazy felice martin what yeah. are you gonna do you <laughs> and you kelly can't clock says that broad. She's... <laughs> all over the map and so kelly says like well i guess donna is out of excuses she's going to paris and david is yeah. you can tell he's a little sad um that she's going to be gone it's, all summer there's something it's so the way they should that scene could have been in the living room it could have been anywhere but i think they purposely put like kelly in bed yeah and david coming like sitting on the bed with her that just makes it so familiar and so like brother sister you know 
I, I, and I, I just liked really it. liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I really, and that thread like kind of started in Melrose Place where you see, you know, David standing up for her in that way and then just rolling right in here. It's kind of a quick transition, but I like it. So I can't complain. Yeah. And then Jackie comes in and says that her water broke. And yep. <laughs> David says something about a plumber. Yeah, we're never going to get a plumber this time. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, she's having a baby. So then they, yep. they rush off to the hospital. Yeah. At the Walsh home, Cindy, Cindy and Jim are very upset. But Cindy's like, they're sitting on Brenda's bed and like she's holding her stuffed animal and stroking it. Did you it. notice what stuffed animal? Is it the horse? Is it, it Mr. Is Pony? It is Mr. Pony. Okay. It is Mr. Pony. I forget. Was Mr. Pony Steve? <laughs> no. It wasn't. Mr. Okay. Pony I just, is... I, okay. Okay. Anyway. Just, just a stuffed horse. Yes. Cindy's clutching Mr. Pony and they're very distraught about basically losing. Like Dylan and Brenda putting them in checkmate essentially is what's happened here. Yeah. So Brandon's like, well, what are you going to do? And they are like, well, what do you think we should do, Brandon? And he says that he thinks most of their problems with Dylan don't actually have to do with Dylan. Yeah. He thinks it's he doesn't say it, but he thinks it's because Brenda's growing up and this is a real serious relationship and they can't handle it. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. And now I, I had been critical of this. and I, w- I was watching this episode with my wife and uh, she also has not liked Brandon, like being on the outskirts of this. But Hillary made the point that like had Brandon been on their side the whole time, this point he's making here probably wouldn't have landed so much. But because he has kept himself out of it until he was asked, now they probably are a little bit more open to what he has to say about it. So, you know, maybe in the end it's better. Yeah, I think so. So our last scene of the episode is at Dylan's house. Brenda's sitting on the couch in her PJs. She she can't sleep because she feels guilty about the whole thing. And um, she does eventually, she's going to sleep in the room and he's going to sleep on the couch. Yeah, she says specifically that she just doesn't feel right about them like sleeping together, like in this scenario. Which I think is very unrealistic. They're in, a, they're in his house alone all night. They're definitely no, sleeping I, in the same bed. I kind of buy it. I kind of buy it because I think that Brenda is like she's putting on a good show, but I think she's very affected by what her parents think about her and what her parents must be thinking right now. So I think I get that she would feel chastised enough to be like, uh, no, we can't do this. I, I, I I'm OK with it. Hmm. Well, I don't buy it. <laughs> OK. All right. And, and that's Fair how enough. the episode ends. So mm-hmm. it's and, you know, Dylan is obviously very unhappy by the whole situation and she can tell that as she's going off to sleep so yeah yeah nothing is resolved nothing is forgiven oh boy okay kendra what was your 902 and oh snap for this my oh snap for this hmm, what was it i didn't write it down what's yours uh it's the ultimatum if you walk away from me right now things will never be the same yes yeah that whole fight i think in front of 90210 snap kendra Yes. Here's my thing. I I just like Dylan is this like cool guy who lives on his own. He's got all this money. I just don't get why he would stay with Brenda. I just feel like he'd be like, you know what? I love I love you, but this is too much. I'm not going to do this anymore. I, and I just I totally agree. And I just I just I don't know. That's why I said I feel like this is the beginning of the I mean, maybe they're going to resolve it. I, d- I don't know. I've never seen the show. But Listen, 
whether or not Dylan will admit it, and he kind of does, he kind of does in his defense, he sort of does. I feel like the draw of the whole Walsh family unit and being a part of that was able to, I don't know, I think that was really appealing to him. And so I think some of the stuff that they've had to go through so far, that's part of the reason why he's been able to stick it out as much as he has and like roll with it as well as he's been able to. At this point, where it's just a big, ugly mess, like... His whole life has been a big, ugly mess with family members. I just don't. I I agree with you. I just I don't think you're. I don't think he's staying. I don't think he's staying around in this and situation. And I mean, the way she's. If I was her, I and I like showed up at his house. I don't know. I just feel like I'd be like, I'm I'm coming on too strong here. Like yeah. he's he's not gonna like this. I'm gonna well, push him away with this. It's one thing. It's one thing to for her to say. Like, I'm not going to stay here and then go and like work something out with with Dylan and staying there, but still taking the lead on it. But she kind of I don't know. She kind of goes from being under Jim's thumb to in a way being under Dylan's thumb because she's keeps pushing him forward in a lot of ways, like Mm -hmm. in in these confrontations and stuff in the novelization. um, Brenda's one of Brenda's internal thoughts was like, I wish someone like Dylan was my father. But then she's like, no, no, no. I'd rather have him for a boyfriend, which is kind of a, a (laughs) it's a creepy thing to, to think, but you also kind of see that play out a little bit because she does, she does defer to him in a way that I think he's uncomfortable with. And, in hindsight, I don't think she would be comfortable with either. She's just not handling it well. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know yeah. where it's going to go from here. Well, so does that mean you're not, you didn't like the episode? No, I liked the episode because I like confrontation and, you know, <laughs> I mean, not in my life, but I like watching like drama and, and stuff. So I did like that. And yeah. I mean, all the Brandon Steve stuff was really funny. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a strong season premiere. Yeah, I I was excited I to be at the beach club again. I was too. I think if it was more in a vacuum, I would I would have liked it a lot more. And I did enjoy the episode. I really did. But my hesitation here is that coming off of everything that happened in Wedding Bell Blues and how final that all felt for us to just like be in the exact same place all this time later with Dylan and Dylan being around Dylan and Brenda lying to the parents and stuff. It really feels like a step backwards from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, I agree. So. Like for that reason, I'm I'm disappointed with it because I don't think that it really picks up that cliffhanger in any like definable way. I just don't. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like you're right. The, the Stephen Brandon stuff is really funny. The relationship stuff is interesting. It, it just feels like we've done it. So it does. It does. But may, I don't know. Maybe uh, in do, there is like a month between episodes, right? Like the last, the finale yeah, was, some time. so yeah. I don't know, maybe the feedback they got in that time was that people weren't, oh, true. weren't wanting them to be separated and That's so true. they went back on it a little bit. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Well, know. and, and they've, I, maybe it's a situation where they painted themselves in the corner a little bit too, because as much as I don't like that Dylan's just there and around, I could not go through another like dylan and brenda want to be together but can't be together Uh, yeah too much so it's probably it's probably all of those things mixed together really that they just are in a bad place but we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens yeah okay so next episode what are we talking nick well next week we're going to be discussing melrose place episode 1.2 friends and lovers and 90210 3.2 the twin the trustee and the very big trip Ooh. 
Are you excited? I am. Yeah. Okay. Are you excited trips. to watch? Are you excited to watch a little bit more Melrose Place? Yes, I am. Good. I like okay. the characters. So. All right. All yeah. right. Good times. Good times were had by all. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode, Kendra. You want to take us out? 9021, here we go. Here we go. Here we go.